Good morning, good morning, good morning. How is everyone doing? Good, good. For this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're just so thankful that you guys are here. Thank you guys for your faithfulness. And online, thank you for tuning in with us. Thank you for taking the journey with us. We just believe in everything that God is doing in this church. And when I say in this church, I don't mean in the building. I mean in you. The church isn't a building. It's a people. It's a spirit. And so when I say thank you for being online, it means a lot that you would join us. Um, we're gonna, we've been in this series called, have you guys been enjoying the Kingdom Come series so far? Learning about the Holy Spirit, right? Has it changed anyone's behaviors in life? Amen. I got one hand, so we got one person who's going to get saved. Oh, we got two hands. All right. Two people. Only two people. You guys, you guys right now, you're like a C for participation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, God is going to do something in here today. Um, I need you guys to talk to me today. I need you guys to talk to me today. We're going to, let's pray and we'll get, we'll get this word going. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. This is not the Jeremy show. This is your show. Fill me with your spirit. Use me as a vessel for your glory. In your name we pray. And everyone said. Uh, we started our teaching on the Holy Spirit last week. And we said that Jesus' number one mission was to get the Holy Spirit back into man. Amen? The Holy Spirit back into man. That the death, the cross... The miracles, signs, and wonders, all of that was a means to the end. He didn't live just to die on the cross. That was a means to the end. He lived so that when he did die, he could come back and breathe on us the Holy Spirit. He can breathe on us the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would live in man again. I know last week we spoke about uh, that the house that God built for himself the house that God built for himself on earth was not a tabernacle, was not a specific location, was not a, um, let me, was, oh, sorry, I hear the little ring in the back and I'm trying to be good. There we go. All right, I moved it down, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Sound team, I just want to say I appreciate you guys every week. Like, like yeah, can we give it up for them? Uh, everyone in that booth, you guys got to know, like, we got a new soundboard, and, they got, and these guys got a crash course in learning it and getting it set up. So I'm very thankful for their willingness to serve every week in and week out. Um, anyways, back to the word. I'm sorry. Uh, we spoke that the Holy Spirit made a home for himself on earth in your body. When Jesus left, he didn't, he didn't build a specific building. He didn't leave a building. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to dwell in a, in a specific church building. He says, I'm putting the Holy Spirit in you because I desire to dwell in man. Amen. So that just lets you know from week to week that whenever you leave this building, the Holy Spirit's not in the building. He's in you. So when you walk out, he's walking out with you. You didn't leave church and say, all right, well, Holy Spirit, I'll see you next week Sunday. No, he's with you every day, Monday to Saturday. He never gets tired. He never took a day off. Amen? Amen. Because we said wherever you are, heaven is as well. Wherever you are, that's where heaven is. 
You want to you see heaven at your job? That's why you work there. Some of you guys, I know, I know. Some of us, it's just like, I hate where I work. I hate it. Right? Amen? Sometimes. <laughs> it's like, I hate where I work. But Jesus chose you for such a moment that the Holy Spirit would come out of you, that heaven would come out of you wherever your workplace is. You're not working there for yourself. You're not working there just for a paycheck, but you're working there so that your coworkers, your peers around you can experience the heaven that is in you. This week we're, we're talking about uh, something a little different. Not different, still the same, still in the Holy Spirit. Because we know that because of the fall of man, we all, we, we know sin exists, right? Right? Sin is ugly. And it's, and it's, has anyone ever tried to imagine a world without sin? Anyone ever try? Hard, isn't it? Very difficult. Very, very difficult. We try to imagine this world where there's no sin at all, but we can't. Why can't we? Because we were born into the curse. We were born into the curse of sin, not your fault, Adam. We could all, when we get to heaven, it's like, Adam, let's talk. Because what's really good, man? Like, why'd you do it? So we're born into this curse. We're born into sin. And we try to imagine a world without sin, but it's very difficult to imagine a world without sin because that's all we know. That's all we know. That's all we're accustomed to. That's our carnal nature. That's why it's so important to be born again. Because when you are born again, you are saying, yes, I was born physically in the natural birth. But when I said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit entered me, I'm saying my second birth is so much is is greater than my first birth because my second birth has now put the Holy Spirit in me and it puts me in communication with God. It puts me on right standing with God. I'm going to I'm going to. Some of you guys might get mad when you hear this. For some of us, we believe and we've been taught that if man never would have fell, we would have never had to work, right? Some of us have been taught that. We think that work is a consequence of Adam falling. Who's been taught that? No, no, okay. Again, C for participation. Um, I'm just messing with you guys. Work is not a consequence of sin. Work is not a consequence of sin. Do you want to know why? In Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, it says it right there, that God created man and he put them in the garden. And what did he put him in the garden to? To work. To work. He put him in the garden to work. Some of us think that when heaven comes down, it's like, oh, work is going to go away. We were created to work. It says it. It says the Lord took the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Work is not a result of the fall of man. We were created to work. We were created, but when the fall of man happened, God says now you must you will toil with the soil. You're going to have to work to survive. And that's where that's where sin entered, right? 
Before we were working as a glory and a worship to God, we were stewarding everything that God gave us because the Holy Spirit lived within us. And so he says, I'm going to give you this garden and you are to work it. Now, when sin entered the scene, it took work that was pleasing and it was great. And now it's just like, oh, I'm not working anymore because I, I, I was told and it's a stewardship. I'm working to survive. So work changed from this place of I'm working to honor God and then sin entered, now it's like I'm working just to survive. And that's what happens. And then, when, listen, when Jesus, when, when Jesus comes back, I want to let you guys know there's still going to be work. Why? Because it, God gave Adam dominion and authority. God gave Adam dominion and authority. And I want to let you guys know this is going to be a very controversial statement. Religion is not, was not a part of God's original plan. It wasn't. Religion was never a part of God's original plan. God came to establish a kingdom. Out of the word kingdom, we get the word dominion, kingdom, king dominion. He gave Adam authority and dominion over all of the earth. He said, work the land and produce it and grow it. See, if the fall never happened, we would, have, we would have never had, there would be no need for me. How great is that? If the fall never happened, there would be no need for me. There would be no need for pastors. There'd be no need for prophets. There'd be no need for, um, um, like, we would just be worshiping God and all that we're doing. There'd be no need for evangelists, prophets, a church building. There'd be no need for that. God would be our God and we would be his people. The world would look completely different from what we understand it. But this week I want to talk about, I don't know if you guys have heard this, I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The reason why these things exist is because of the fall of man. The reason why I am where I am right now teaching you guys and preaching to you guys is because of the fall of man. One day will come when you will see no pastor on stage, you will go to no church building because Christ will come and he will be the center of all worship. And wherever you are in the world, you will worship in spirit and in truth and he will no longer need me. Amen, I can't wait for that day. When Christ no longer needs pastors or preachers or prophets or evangelists to do what they're doing because heaven and earth will be in full unity again. That's retirement. That's where John was in the scriptures where he's like, listen, I know you guys think I'm great, but there's someone coming who is greater than I. He's bigger than I. John was thinking of early retirement. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are only necessary because of the fall of man. That's it. The fruits of the Spirit attribute to you operating in your giftings. Gifting, not ings. It's not a word. So you, all of us who have the Holy Spirit within us are empowered to do supernatural things. How do I know this? Look at Moses. Moses couldn't do it. Unless he was, unless the Holy Spirit came upon him. 
There's a difference between talents and gifts, right? I'm gonna give you a definition. Talents are inherited, they are natural. Talents are inherited and are natural. For example, we know families who are talented. For football, we know the Manning family, like everyone in that family knows how to throw a football. Everyone, like the two-year-old knows how to throw a football better than me. Everyone knows how to throw a football in that family. The Jacksons, I'm talking about Michael Jackson, that whole family is talented, right? They all know how to sing. They all have had a lot of things go on, but they all know how to sing. The last, and I made this local, the last family that's super talented are the Gasols, right? That's a Memphis local, Mark Gasol. All of them know how to play basketball. Even the wives and the daughters and like the young boys who are younger than me, they play basketball better than I do. And they're more in shape, which is not fair. But talented, talents are inherited. Talents are inherited. Gifts are different. Listen to this, and you could write this down. Gifts are distributed and delegated by the Holy Spirit only when you are born again. Did you hear me? Gifts are distributed and delegated by the Holy Spirit only when you are born again. If you are not born again, you do not have the gifts of the Spirit. If you are not born again, you are not bearing fruit to the Spirit. He is the one that brings that to you. Some people believe, oh, Jeremy was in for myself. Oh, he, he naturally knows how to talk to people. No, no, no. I preach well, not because of who I am, but because it is a gifting by the Holy Spirit. And if at any point I decide to not use my gifts for the Holy Spirit, it can be taken away. If you are not born again, if you're watching this and you are not born again, you don't have access to these gifts. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers whom he dwells in. Well, pastor, I want, I want to operate in those giftings and things like that. No, no, no. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have access to these giftings. Why? Because the only thing that gives you access to his, the gifts is the person who can get you to them. Some of us, we want, to, we want to bypass the Holy Spirit and just get to the giftings. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, no. You have to come to me first. I'm the distributor. I'm the delegator of these gifts. The gifts that you have are exhibited when you are doing kingdom work. The gifts that you have, talents, you can put them on display at any time because you're born with those naturally. Gifts are only exhibited, are only seen when you are doing kingdom work. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, it says, So Christ himself gave apostles the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Right? So that your gift, so that, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Like, I could never be a motivational speaker because that is not building the kingdom. If I decide to say, you know what, I'm going to start motiv my motivational speaking and, you know, just encourage people, you would see a whole different Pastor Jeremy. 
I'd probably be like, like not understand, not knowing what I'm saying. I would try and try and try and nothing would get through. But the gifts that I have are for building of the kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, building of the kingdom. Verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In 1 Corinthians, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, and that's where we're um, going to be at for a little bit, and I want to read it to you guys. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or the other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Oh, mute idols. So anything outside of the Holy Spirit can't really talk. Hmm, look at that. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus, Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, if you, at any moment, you want to, if at any moment you say, oh, I, the Holy Spirit's good, but I, I don't like Jesus too much. He's like, yeah, it doesn't work like that because they work in tandem. The Holy the Spirit only does what the Father says. So many people want to say, oh, I got the Spirit. It's just like, do you love Jesus? Do you want to look like him? Yeah, but you know, when I start looking at him, people start treating me awkward. Then no, you don't want the Spirit because they work together. They are one. They don't disagree with each other. And it says in verse 4, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for who? The common good. Each manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to... And, hmm, we're going to talk about that. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are works, all these works are of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. They all come from one Spirit. You see all the giftings that are there. Some of us, you know, some of us are like, and, and I'll say this like, man, I want their gifting. Well, it's not up to you. You were uniquely created to house a gifting that will impact the kingdom. Some of, us want the, some of us want the gifting of prophecy, or we want the gifting of speaking in tongues, or we want the gifting of wisdom, but the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to gift you what I see fit for the growth of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit, you have to understand, delegated powers are called gifts. Delegated powers are called gifts. When you are delegated something, when you are delegated something, it means you don't own it. You don't own it. It's not yours. 
When you are given something and saying, give, delegated something, and then someone has distributed it to you, it's not yours. So the spirit in whom delegates and, and distributes all things, he says, hey, I'm giving you this gifting. You have the spirit that lives in you. I am delegating this supernatural power to you. It doesn't belong to you. And if at any moment you decide to try and use it for yourself, I will take it away. It's not yours. It's mine. Don't get me wrong. We know that there are people who misuse the giftings. Gifts are given for activity that promotes the kingdom of heaven. You could write that down. Gifts are given for activity that promotes the kingdom of heaven. Think about it. Why would the Holy Spirit gift you with something to use only for your own pleasure? A lot of us in this room may or may not even know our giftings. But the gifting, the gifting was never for you. It was for, so that you may promote the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The king, like, why do you, right after Jesus was done fasting, the first thing he said when he came out his 40-day fast is, repent for the kingdom of God is near. At no point did Jesus ever use everything, the, everything that he had in him for his own glory. Why, how do I know this? Because several times in scripture he says, I only do what the Father wills. Jesus never acted outside of the Trinity. He said, I'm only doing what the Father has given me to do. If at any point Jesus would have acted on his own and said, Father, I'm going to do my own thing, it would have been disunity. He says, I only do what the Father wills me to do. And it's the same thing when you are gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm giving you this gift so that you do the will of the Father, that you're doing the will of the one who sent you. You're doing the will of the one who created you. You're not empowered. God doesn't give you these supernatural giftings just so you can show them off. He gives you supernatural giftings because there's a soul in the balance. There's a soul in the balance who's like, hey, use this gifting. God, and sometimes, and, and, and the thing is, I think sometimes we, we get so confused and, and we get so lost and we're like, well, I don't know what my gifting is, or I don't know if, I don't even know if that's true. I don't know if I even believe in you, pastor. That's okay. Because when you start doing things outside of your natural state, that ain't you. It was never yours. These are delegated powers. There are times, and in, in, in even growing, and as a lot of you guys are growing in the spirit, you have to understand that, that the gift, when Holy Spirit gifts you with something, and we'll go over all the giftings at the end and what they are, and when the Holy Spirit gifts you something, he, he gives it to you as he sees fit. Some of us are like, well, I want the gifting of, of preaching. Well, do you have the gifting of prayer? I want to prophesy. Do you spend time with the Holy Spirit? I want this gifting. And the Holy Spirit's like, <laughs> this, this, the Holy Spirit's like, you ain't ready for it yet. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know you. Sometimes we want the, the gifting right now. We want the power right now. And the Holy Spirit's like, I know you better than that. 
Because we said last week that the Holy Spirit searches, the all, searches all things of God, even the deep things of God. And if the Holy Spirit's in us, he searches the deep things of us. And he knows when it's the right time to fill us and give us these gifts to, for the advancement of the kingdom. Some of us want these things before the time. And, and, and if you ever see someone trying to operate in a gifting that is not ready, they make more of a mess than they do promoting the kingdom of God. They cause confusion and strife. That's why it's so important to be in one accord with the Holy Spirit and asking him, what have you gifted me with? What are you going to do through me today? Because I know when you do it through me, I can't mess up. I can't mess up if you're doing it through me. You could write this down. Your gifting, and I, you might have written it down already, is for the common good of the kingdom. I wanted to address this. I know, I know, family, I know there are people who are abused their gifting. I know it. Oh, if you call now and buy this packet of water and drink it when you get home, it'll wash away everything. If you buy this cloth, right? Who's seen that late night TV and you're like, are people really buying this stuff? That's an abuse. That's an abuse. It's not to promote you. It's never to promote you. Yes, there are people who are gifted in healing. There are people who are gifted in prophecy. There are people who are gifted in wisdom. But if at any moment they use it for their own good, the Holy, the Holy Spirit says, it says in the Word that He will not contend with the heart of man for too long. He won't contend with it. He's going to be like, you're not using it for the kingdom purpose. You're not using it to build the kingdom. You're not, you're not using it for the common good of the church. See, you got to understand that the gifts that you are given are not just meant for, to build you up. It's meant to build the kingdom. And I'm not talking a far off kingdom. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven, which is where? Here. There are people who abuse it. But you have to understand that, like, at the end of the day, they also have to stand before God. See, I think so many times when we hear the question that says, you know, at the end of the, at the end of our life, we're going to stand before God, and He'll say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant," or He won't, or He'll say, "Depart from me, for I never knew you." But I think the question, I believe, the question God's going to ask is like, "What did you do with all I gave you?" And so many times we jump to this material place. Oh, well, you know, I gave my stuff away or, you know, I shared. No, no, no. What did you do with the gifting I gave you? Well, I gave you the gifting of speaking in tongues. I gave you the gifting of interpreting. I gave you the gifting of healing. I gave you a the gifting of prophecy. I put that all, I put it in you, and then you were specifically gifted to do this. I didn't, I mean, what, do, what do we say? I didn't use it, I was scared. Why? It was me the entire time. I heard a pastor say one time that when we stand before God, God won't call you by what you are, right? He won't call you by what you are, he's going to call you by what you were called to do. There are a lot of misplaced Christians in the, in the body 
God, if, if God called me to be a businessman, when I stand before him, he's going to be like, Jeremy, the businessman. Why'd you call me that? That's what I gifted you to do, to be active in the, in the business world. Jeremy, the worship leader. Well, why'd you call me by that? I mean, that's what I filled you with. There are a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are not operating in their giftings, and then you talk to them and they find out they're so stressed out and they're so angry and they're so frustrated because it's just like, oh, I just feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Did you ask the Holy Spirit? What are you gifted to do? What are you called to do? If someone doesn't mind coming up and playing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close right here. God, the Holy Spirit, the reason why we have the gifts that we do, the reason why we are imparted the gifts that we were given is because he wants to convert the kingdom, he wants to convert us into kingdom citizens while we are still on earth. Right? Why does he give us these giftings? Why does the Holy Spirit fill us with these supernatural powers? Why, why do we have them? It's because he wants to use us to convert what's on earth into heaven. He wants to prepare us for heaven by putting heaven in us so that we may share heaven with others. Some of us think like, oh, when we go to heaven, we're going to be, you know, greater and all these things. And God is like, I called you to be greater on earth right now. That's why I left you the Holy Spirit. That's why I told you, you will do greater than me. I was alive for 33 years. My ministry, my ministry started and ended in three. You have your entire life with the Holy Spirit. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You're going to do greater than me. I guess the million dollar question for this Sunday is, if I have the Holy Spirit in me and I said yes to Jesus, I've been walking and living this life and I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but even to this day, I want to know what are my gifting, right? How many of us want to know what they are, right? What, have, what has God placed me on this earth to do? What, I don't know what they are. And I feel like as a church, we've done a terrible job in this area because we're not equipping people to operate in what God has gifted them. Because you have to understand, if you don't know what you're gifted, you don't know what to do. There are some things you can do. Some things you know to do. Pray, fast, read the word, seek out counsel. Going to someone and saying, hey, I feel I want to know what I'm gifted in. There's a website, there's another church I want to, they have a, a website, it's called, uh, it's called The Rock Church, it's led by a pastor named Miles McPherson, he wrote a book called The Third Option, which was really cool, and on their website, it's called sdrock.com, sdrock.com, sandiegorock.com, they have a spiritual giftings um, questionnaire, test, whatever you want to call it, and you, and you answer these questions, and they're going to do their best to kind of point you in the direction of like, hey, from you answering these questions, this is what we think your gifting is. Now, will they be 100% correct? Maybe, maybe not, because why it was made by man. Do you want to know the number one person you can ask? <laughs> Who's the number one person you can ask? Why? 
because he distributes them. He's the one who delegates it. Now, don't get me wrong. He's filled other, like churches like these that can fill out a test and help you get you in the direction. But they can get it wrong. But when I ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what have you gifted me in? What did, what did you put me on this earth to do? How can I make your kingdom come on earth, right, as it is in heaven? That's why the Lord's prayer is so important. He says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from every evil. You think, you I got a couple weird look. You, you really think that like, God wants to make us kingdom citizens so that when we die, it's like, oh, we're going to go to this place. No, 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 no. God is like, make heaven on earth. Make heaven on earth. We have this crazy misconception that it's like, oh, when we get to heaven, and God is like, when you get to heaven, guess what? I'm bringing heaven to you. So prepare yourself for heaven. Prepare, prepare yourself, operating your giftings. Do everything that I've called you to do. If you guys want to write these down, there's about 18 gifts that I believe that the Holy Spirit distributes. And I want you to do research on them. And as you write them down right now, you may feel the Holy Spirit say, that's one. And how do you know you have a gifting from the Holy Spirit? Is when people get around you and you start operating in that place, they're like, man, you are such a blank. You do this so well. So one, there may be a gifting of administration. There's number two, that's a gifting of being an apostle. Number three, discernment. And these are not in order, this is just the way I wrote them down. Four, evangelism. Five, exhortation. Encouragement is just a fancy word for encouragement, y'all. Six, faith. Seven, giving. Eight, healing. Some of you guys have the gifting of healing and you don't even know it. You don't even know you got the gifting of healing. Some of you guys are doing it and you don't even know it. Nine, help. 10, hospitality. Like, I know through and through my mother-in-law's gifting is hospitality. She don't got to tell me nothing. How do I know? Is because when she does it, she's a blessing to everyone else. That's how you're going to know what your gifting is. Don't be upset if you're like, I feel like I'm gifted to, to lead worship and sing. If your voice ain't there, make a joyful noise in your car, family. Right? Some of us want to be gifted in worship leading. But yet when we sing, people are like, that ain't it. <laughs> and that's okay. Because I know that's not mine. Where did I stop? Helps. 10, hospitality. 11, knowledge. 12, leadership. 13, mercy. 14, prophecy. Do you want to know how you know if you have the prophetic tongue on you? If you, if you, if you would listen to the Holy Spirit, prophesy about something. If it doesn't happen, be like, oh, hmm, that might not be it. 
That might not be it. And don't, you can't, don't be offended if it's not. That's just maybe not your gifting. That's okay. There's some giftings on this list I wish I had. But that's not what I'm, that's not what the Holy Spirit put in me. We don't want to contend with each other's gifting, right? Because guess what? Every part of the body is needed. If the body's at odds with each other, then there's no growth. 15, the gift of serving. 16, speaking in tongues. 17, teaching, also known as shepherding. And 18, wisdom. So, there's a list of them. Now, as you guys were writing this down, you may have felt the Holy Spirit say, that's you. How do you know you have the gift of wisdom? Well, people always ask for my advice. How do you know it's teaching? Well, for some reason, when I start speaking about the Bible, something comes alive in me and people will listen. That's how it says, what does the Bible say? Test and see. Right? When it comes to your gifting, test and see the Lord in this. And he'll confirm it to you. He'll be like, yeah, you're right on target. See, you have to understand that when you are operating in your gifting, the byproduct of you operating in your gifting is you producing gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. When you're operating in your gifting, when you're operating what God called you to do, naturally the byproduct will be the fruits of the Spirit coming out of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, forbearance, self-control. You start exhibiting those things because you're operating in your gifting. You're operating in them, and so the gifts of the Spirit are naturally coming out of you. The reason why they're called the fruits of the Spirit is because they're meant to nourish and edify those around you. It's meant to nourish and edify and produce the kingdom around you. That when people get around you, they don't even know that they're taking of the fruit of love that you're exhibiting, but they're just tasting and saying, wow, I love being around them. Man, I just see like this person always has, they're always just so full of joy. Like my brother Cody here. He's always full of joy. I love being around him. He's full of joy and he doesn't even know he's doing it because he's operating in his gifting and the byproduct is a fruit. Have you ever noticed in the church when someone's not operating in their gifting, they're not producing fruit? They're bitter figs. I always find that in Christianity. I always find that in our faith, that when someone's not operating in the thing that God called them to do, they are not producing fruit. So when you get around them, or when someone who is uh, who's far from God gets around them, they're just tasting what the world gives them because they're like, I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel life coming out of you. That's what the Holy Spirit produces. He produces life and life abundantly. That whatever um, situation you move in, whatever you're moving in, there's fruit coming out of you and people are like, I want to be around them. But it's not that they want to be around you because I'm going to be real transparent. You're okay. What they really want to be around is the Holy Spirit in you. I don't, listen, if I don't have the Holy Spirit in me, I don't want anyone around me because I'm fleshy. I'm not producing fruit. 
I don't want them around me. I want people around me when the Holy Spirit is alive and he's well in me. And when they're saying, man, I love being around you. And then you think it's me, but it's really just the Holy Spirit. That's, that's all it is. We're blessed to be a blessing. Again, the world needs the church to step up. It needs Christ followers to operate in their gifting. It needs believers to stand up and say, hey, I, I could be wrong, but I just want to pray. Can I pray healing over you? It may be the gift of administration. People always think that, oh, if you're gifted with administration, you got to work in a church. No. Sometimes God will take your giftings and put it in the secular world so that you can be an example for others. That doesn't mean you're going to do secular things. He's going to take your gifting of administration or he'll take your gifting of help or he'll take your gifting of hospitality and he'll put you at a job that you may not love and he'll put you right there and he'll say, operate in your gifts. Watch, heaven's going to start busting out all around you. You just brought heaven to your workplace. But God, I want to work in the church. I want, no, no, no. I know you want to work in the church. I know that's cool and that's awesome and stuff like that. But listen, I want to take you out of the church. I'm working on the church and I want to put you into this little job over here that you may not love, that you may not enjoy. But when you operate in your giftings at this job, that, that lady that you thought would never come to Jesus, she's going to come to Jesus because of you. I'm going to empower you. The Holy Spirit's going to empower you. You're going to prophesy. It says in Scripture that young and old men will dream dreams and speak in tongues. People always want to say, like, there's so much dialogue of speaking in tongues. And it's just like, listen, if the Holy Spirit's inside of me and it says that these are my gifts, that's what's going to happen. I pray, my prayer for today is that we stop putting God in a box. We stop putting the Holy Spirit in what we understand as a, as a containment, just say, well, he doesn't do this anymore, or he only works like this. No, no, no. He spoke the world into six days and decided to chill out on a seventh. That's the same God that lives inside of you. That's the same spirit that lived, that was in, incarnate in Jesus Christ. That's the same spirit. It says the same spirit that would bring dead men back to life. So he desires to bring dead spirits back to life when they're around you. Amen. Everyone receive that. Let's pray. Let's pray. Everyone, if you guys can just stand with me. pray for you with every head bow and every eye closed. I don't know if you've ever received Jesus in your life and if you've ever repented and said, Lord, I don't, I don't want my old life. I want more of you and I want you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand because the day, today is the day of salvation. Today you can say goodbye to your old life and say yes to a new life in Christ. Listen, we don't know how many days that we have on this earth. We don't know. And I don't want you to just say yes to Jesus 
Jesus as if, as if it's some fire insurance. I want you to say yes to Jesus because you're like, I'm unsatisfied with the way I've been living and the way my lifestyle is doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't bring me peace. It doesn't bring me love. And if, if you're saying, Pastor, if you're saying right now that when I say yes to Jesus, that he puts a Holy Spirit in me to set me apart, and all that stuff is on the other end of him, then I want it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, raise your hand. No one's looking around. If you're online, you could type it in the comment section and say, that's me. Pray for me. I see you. I see you. But then I also want to pray for the believers in the room who are saying, Pastor, I've been walking with the Holy Spirit in me and I don't know my giftings. I need him to make it real to me so that I can start to bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I want to know my giftings. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every hand is going up. Amen. Even at home, raise your hand. It's a sign of surrender. When you raise your hand, it's a sign of surrender. It's saying, I'm giving up all that I am, and I want to be all that the Holy Spirit created me to me, created me to be, and I want him to work through me so that life is pouring out of me and it's life abundantly. Let's pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. We just thank you for today. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this room because we are in this room. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray right now that those who are far from Christ, we say they repent and we repent with them in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord God, that you enter their life and you allow them to make a full 180, turning from their old life and turning to you. Father, I just thank you for every soul that said yes to Jesus today, whether in this church building or other church buildings or whether if they're in their home. I pray, Lord God, that all of heaven is in an uproar because someone decided to say yes to Jesus today. Father, I pray for the believers in here as we stand as one, united in truth, united in holiness, that you show us what our gifting is that you begin to reveal to us how to use our gifting to expand the kingdom. Lord God, if anyone uses their gifting outside of what you have them to do, take it away. But Lord God, we humble ourselves before you and say, we want to know our giftings because we want to make heaven on earth. We want someone to experience God while they're still alive and not only when they stand before you. So Father, lead us. Send us resources where we can find out what our gifting is so that we may honor you. So that when heaven and earth come back into full unity, we are already been moving in the spirit and, and, and living in the spirit. Holy Spirit, search us in all things, even the deep things of us. We ask you right now that we begin to ask the question, what is holding us back from experiencing the full power of who you are in us? Lord, we know, Holy Spirit, we know that you distribute the gifts at the right time. Help us to steward these gifts well, that they may honor and praise you in all that we do and all that we are. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, uh, you guys may be seated. Just a couple quick announcements and then we're going to be dismissed. You know, we have the same announcements that we have from week to week. Uh, if you want, we want to connect with you. So fill out a connect card. We will call you. We'll reach out to you. Especially if you don't know your spiritual giftings, definitely reach out. 
I want to talk to you about them, right? We also believe in the power of prayer. Do you want to know when prayer doesn't work? When you're not praying. We want to pray with you. And we're not praying to a dead God. We're praying to the Holy Spirit who's alive and well. We want to pray with you and stand with you. So you can fill it out online or there's some um, index cards in the back. And when you write it down, listen, I get them. I read them and I share them. Hey, pray for this person. Pray, pray. And then generosity. God loves a cheerful giver. You're not giving because God is twisting your arm. You're giving because you want to be obedient to God. And God says, I could do more with the 10% you give me than what you can do with 90%. There's a lot of, like, nowhere in the Bible does it say to test God. It says test God in two areas. One with your finances, test me in this and see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven and overwhelm you. And he's like, test the spirits whenever someone says something. So those are the only two times. But other than that, guys, you are dismissed. I want to pray us out, and then you guys are dismissed. And listen, come back next week. Log on next week. Join us next week. We're going to close out. We may or may not. I don't know. The Holy Spirit has been moving in me. Like I say, we may close out, and Holy Spirit's like, no, no, no. Chill out. I gave you that gift. I'll tell you when you're done. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for who you are, Holy Spirit. As we leave this place, we know we're not leaving your spirit here because your spirit dwells inside of us. As we walk out, Lord God, we rebuke every distraction and everything that would speak negatively against us, Lord God. We take this word and we want to dwell in it and we want to ponder in it and we want our relationship to grow in you. Have your way in us. Let us be blessed to be a blessing to others and let heaven pour out of everything that we do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Love you guys so much. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.